Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of One of the Guys Podcast. Uh, as always, it's Triz, and I've been really busy this last month, so unfortunately, I haven't been able to get out as many podcasts as I wanted to, but I'm happy to say that um, a fellow friend of mine has been interested in doing the podcast for a couple months now, and luckily, we were able to get him on the podcast today, so today I have with me a filmmaker, um, Christopher Romano, and we're going to talk about pretty much everything that's been going on for him and the movie. If anybody saw uh, my social media when I went to go support him for his movie, A Way of Life, uh, we'll talk about that as well. So how you been, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks good. for having me on. No problem. So I've known, I've known Chris probably, I'll say about 10 years. We went to high school together and it's crazy to me because I always say to people, when you go to high school with people, it's just like the basis of knowing somebody on a, on a normal basis. But like, for example, I've known you from playing football. I never knew that I would be talking to you right now about film. So yeah. how did you even get into film? Were you always interested in that? And uh, <clears throat> when did you actually give up sports for film, I would say? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been interested in it. I've always you know love the idea of like storytelling mm-hmm. um so i guess i don't know my mom tells a story all the time of me sitting on the toilet reciting lines from uh <laughs> from the movie aladdin and <laughs> Great um yeah it's like you know did you wake me up did you rub my lamp right yeah but um no so you know i and that's that's before i could even remember so you know obviously it, for some reason it's just kind of built into me mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and I, I loved it all the way up through high school. I mean, I, <clears throat> people <laughs> don't know this about me, but I, I still up until I was like 17, mm-hmm. I was probably like, you know, like I, I would take a day off from school and set up like G.I. Joe's all oh, over wow. the place. And like, I would like, you know, take pictures of it right. and just kind of come up with these scenarios and stuff like that, which sounds like you know, scary because I'm well, that old. But right, like, but in the same aspect, it's showing pretty much what was already inside of you, which led you to where you are right now. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't think that's weird because it's something that you eventually built into. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that was, you know, that was kind of a way for me to just sort of do that because I, I, was, I was younger and I didn't really know the aspects of filmmaking yet. I didn't really... You know, I knew I loved movies and I knew I loved storytelling, right. but um, I didn't really know how to put it all together. And I guess, um, you know, that was that was all throughout high school. Um, I So when I stopped playing football, I tore my ACL in high school and I didn't play my senior year. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know, like I, I kind of, because I loved football too. Like I probably loved it as much as I loved making movies. Yeah. But I guess that was sort of an awakening for me. Like mm-hmm. I was kind of like, all right, this is, this is what I have to do now. And, right. you know, I completely... Uh, gave football up, and I I went the filmmaking route instead. So, so I know um, after high school, I believe you went to Temple, right? Uh, yeah, I did. What was that experience like of going to school there? Did you take like filmmaking classes while you were there? Yeah, I did. I actually went to Bucks first, the community oh, okay. college. Well, so. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people always think that you have to do certain things to get to your dreams, but that's not 
case. No, no, yeah, man. I um, to be completely honest, I met a guy. His name's Nick Murphy. He's a filmmaker, also. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little bit older than me. He's kind of like the guy that I looked up to, right? Uh, filmmaking wise, because I I had kind of you know I learned some editing softwares when I was towards the end of high school, <clears throat> and um. When I went to Bucks, I had realized that there was a film program, and I didn't know that initially. I went there for a communications major and then realized there was film, and I transferred my first semester into film. Mm -hmm. Um, But Nick Murphy, um, you know, he kind of, like, taught me everything about it, like about um, editing and stuff like that, and I sort of just picked it up um, there. And I don't know. I, I, I would say probably at this point I've learned more about the art at the community college than I did at Temple. Right. I kind of learned the business end of of filmmaking at Temple a little mm-hmm. bit more, but it was kind of just because I taught myself that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, not to say that there's people at Temple that are not amazing. Like, I still um, bounce my, my writing off of one of my professors. Her name is Sloan Seal. Um, and she's just, you know, phenomenal at, like, giving me feedback and everything like that. But, um... Yeah, I mean, like I like Bucks was definitely the foundation of, of you know why I started to become right. good at it. So, <clears throat> so as you were in college, did you shoot your first film then, or when was the first time you actually shot your first film? Because I know I didn't realize until I put the picture up of being at a way of life. Uh, that you shot films prior to that. For some reason, I just thought that this was that the was first, first film. One. Yeah. Um, the first one that I ever made, I mean, I had made like, you know, dinky ones when I was in high school right. towards the end when I learned, you know, that one editing software. But um, the one that I really took seriously was called Rubicon. It was my first movie. And um, I had like money saved up and I kind of just spent it on this movie. I wanted to, I wanted my first movie to be a feature film. Right. <clears throat> so it was very ambitious and I had like, you know, it's a war film and um, it takes place in like a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic type era. Um, but that was the first movie that I ever made. I was 20 years old when I did it. And, you know, I go back and I watch it now and it's not like... Right, where you wanted to be. Yeah, like, you, you know... Grown so, you've grown to do so much more. Right, right. Like, I, if I... I, I would like... I like the story. I would probably, you know, consider making it again if, if possible just to make it better. But um, that was the first film I made. And then I made um, a, a film that takes place in Nazi France, Nazi-occupied France. And it's... Uh, it's about like a Nazi soldier that, um, you know, he's upset that he doesn't get a promotion. Mm-hmm. And so he goes out to like kill this little Jewish girl. Um, and something that, that she says to him kind of puts him in his place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lets her go at the end. But, you know, I, I can send you the link to that. It's, yeah, it's, definitely. I, I watched it yesterday and I like, you know, I, f- I feel really good about it. Right, that you one, were so. able to sit through it and still feel... Yeah, yeah, and then I did um, I did my senior project at Temple, and then after that it was a way of life. Okay, so how did you decide? Just going back a second, how did you decide on what type of film it would be? Are you all have you always been interested in like a drama type genre? Because from what I know, you have a good sense of humor. I mean, I laugh with you multiple <laughs> times, you know, uh, but your films seem to take on a more serious drama type genre, like I was saying, but. Um, so we're we're talking about a way of life now. Well, no, the actual first film you, the first one. you made. Yeah, that one. Um, it was definitely dramatic, and it was it was you know war genre genre as well. I 
the thing about my movie making is I'm very drawn towards realism uh-huh. in in filmmaking. Right. Um, and I hope that came off with, with the film that you saw. But, um, you know, my my style and, like, genres, it, it, it can be any genre as long as it's realistic. Like, I can't stand, like, the horror movies where it's, like, oh, blood yeah. and gore <laughs> and, like, haunted house where the, you know, the wife goes into the dark room and stuff right. like that. Um, but there's horror movies that I watch that I'm like, oh, my God, because it's so realistic. I just watched... Um, I think it was made in like 1976, uh, When a Stranger Calls, mm-hmm. and that movie... I feel like they remade that. They remade it. They did. It was like, I don't know, I think they made it like five years ago or something like that, but um, the first one, like, my mom and I watched it the other night, and it was like, it has chills going up your yeah. spine, like when you watch that full movie straight through, and that's a horror movie too, so, you know, I, I'll make anything, it just has to be realistic. Right. So, and it has to, you know, it also has to, like, elicit emotion. I can't stand movies that are, you know, I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but avant-garde movies are very, like, experimental and slow, and I just uh-huh. don't, you know, that's not entertaining for right, me. Right. So I like to gear my um, my films to an audience that's a lot broader. And, mm. Yeah. So I have to ask you, because I've known, I've noticed that this name has been you know, uh, with you for the, uh, some years now, because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, wait, who is this? And I had to actually click on the Facebook link to see who it was. So please explain to me the origins of your alter ego. Slower to London. Slower to London's. <laughs> because when I saw that, I was like, wait, who is this? Because at one point, that was just your name on Facebook. And I'm like, did I accidentally <laughs> ask somebody that I don't know? No one knew who I was. Right. And then I clicked on it. I was like, this is crazy. What, what happened? My that that's funny. I I made my Facebook name that, hoping that you know when I became famous, no one would know <laughs> what my real name was. Um, the origins of that, I don't really tell people what the origins of that are. It's kind of a trickle down effect of nicknames that started when I was like ten years old. Okay. When I was really young, um, and it sort of just became that. And you know, everyone that knows me, everyone that's close to me, besides my parents, um, like even my girlfriend, they all call me Slur. And, oh wow! Yeah, it's kind of slower or like Christopher, but right. you know, that's yeah. I'm and I don't know. I, I I don't really. The only people there's like two people on earth that know what it means, and right, I'll, right. I'll keep it with them. It's, it's kind of yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are like slower, and then they think it's you know a combination between slut whore, which is oh, not no. what it is at all. But they think that's why I'm called that. But. Yeah, because when I saw it, I was like, <clears throat> maybe this is because you know I'm trying to think, and I'm saying to myself. Maybe this is his alter ego and this is like his film name because the first person I thought about was Mac Miller, how he calls himself Larry Fisherman as a beat maker, but his name is Mac Miller as a rapper. Right, so right. I was like, maybe this is what you were doing, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of taken that, that approach in, in film. Like, my production company is called Slor T Pictures. Yeah, see? So, you know, right. you know it's it's just... And I'm, I'm about to get a new license plate that's going to have Slor on the back. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I mean, at that point then, eventually, like you said, everybody would be calling you that. Yeah. And the greatest thing about it would be only the two people that know the They're origins the only of ones, right yeah. and that would be the beauty of it because nobody would be able to know the origins except the people that need to I will say when I'm when I'm a hundred years old I'll tell someone right, right. What it <laughs> but I do now I do want to talk about uh, your most recent film um, A Way of Life which is the film that like I was stating previously I came to support uh, at the Newtown what was it the Newtown Newtown Theater Theater yeah uh, 
And from my take from it, well, for anybody that hasn't seen the film, I'm pretty sure we'll get to a later point in this podcast interview where you'll be able to get information on seeing it. But uh, it's basically, to me, about a father that is struggling with the reality realities of the world, I would say. He has a daughter. He lives at home with his, his mom. He's he's pretty much in need of help. And he's a uh, he's an ex-con, correct? Ex-con, yeah. He's an ex-con looking for a job. <laughs> and as everybody knows, when your ex-con is so hard to find a job in this workplace, so... He's trying to make ends meet, basically, and it's it was so powerful to me watching it because it's only a 24-minute film, but I've been telling everybody since I've seen it, it really felt like a, a feature-length film of an hour and a half at least mm. because there's so much packed into it, but it's not to the point where you feel like it's just being spoon-fed to you. Uh, I mean, force-fed to you. It's being spoon-fed to you because as I was watching it, even though I've never been in this predicament, I could relate to the guy. And yeah. I think that's what you want to get for anybody that watches a movie. You want to be able to relate to characters. Um, and that's what will draw you closer to the film. And that's what it definitely did for me. Because, like I said, I've been talking about it since I've seen it. And I thought it was great how pretty much you put everything together. And, uh, again, it was... How can I say? Um, it was just a great movie all, overall that... I wasn't because I didn't, I never seen one of your movies before, like I said before, so I didn't mm-hmm. know what to necessarily expect. And before they showed your film, they were showing like all the different types of films at the film festival, so I didn't know if it was going to be like a drama, I didn't know if it was going to be a comedy, I didn't know if it was going to be one of those experimental films. Right. So when I saw it and I saw how powerful it was, it was just kind of dope to me to see how much somebody can put into such a, a small time, but you were able to capture that and. Obviously, I want to talk about how all that came came about. So, what went into making the movie? Because um, I'm pretty sure it was, I wouldn't say an easy task, but probably one of your, your toughest tasks. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, thank you. I mean, that's, that's very flattering. I, I've gotten that feedback before that um, people feel like it's a feature film, uh-huh. even though it's only 24 minutes. Um so, I mean, where it came from, I'm, you know, I'm originally from Levittown, right. and the story takes place in Levittown, and, um, you know, the story kind of <clears throat> touches on a lot of different things. It is about an ex-con who's struggling to find work. Um, money is, is obviously always an issue, It's so, you know, poverty is a big element in it, drug use is a big element in it, um, and... You know, if, if you live in Levittown, you know someone who who definitely who falls into those traps for right. sure. You know, and um, you know, for for my family and for my friends and whatnot, we there's a lot of people that I that I you know grew up with that I've come to love even who are addicted to drugs, who mm-hmm. have passed away from drugs. Um, you know, I have a cousin right now who's in prison and. It's really, he went into jail right before we started shooting this, and I kind of had him in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I also changed it around a little bit because the character in the movie is not the same as him. He's a lot different. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I sort of, I don't know. I like I, I just came up with a story based on the elements that I have grown up around. And, you know, a lot of people, um, 
just kind of like there was a woman in Arizona when the film screened at the Arizona International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. She came up to me and she just said thank you, and I was like, like I had no yeah, idea exactly. what she's talking right. about. Like, what do you mean? Right. Um, but you know, she she was from Israel, and um, she said there's so many people in other parts of the world that have this false identification of what the United States is, mm-hmm. um, and. And I had never heard that before because, you know, we're, we're American. We don't really right. see it from the other side. Our, and our perspective is so different. It is. And she said to me, like, thank you. Because, like, you know, she, she said, now I can talk about that with my family. It's not the, pa- the streets are not paved in gold like right. everyone in other countries think it is. Um, you know, there's, there's people that go through these struggles and they face these hardships the same way they do in other countries as well. Right. Um, so yeah, but yeah, that's that's definitely the origin of it, and um, you know, there's a lot of characters in that film that are written after people that I know, that I knew personally. Um, the the antagonist in the story, his name is Mark, and he was written after two people that I grew up with, um, and both of them have since passed away from drug addiction. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, like literally, while like like I think it was day two before we started shooting, we found out that the one guy had passed away, and it was just like, oh my god. But yeah. <clears throat> so what made you actually decide to shoot it back home in Levittown as opposed to anywhere supposed, I mean, suppo- anywhere, <laughs> Take like, your time. yeah, anywhere like Philadelphia where it's a more broader city. And- yeah, I had, um, I had shot a film in Philadelphia about drug addiction before. Um, it's called Cycle. It's about a mother who, you know, is, is doing the right thing and, and she kind of, you know, falls back into it. But I don't know. It's it's so much. It's such a different um, way of life. So right, right. you know what I mean. It, the city is. You almost expect it in in a certain you know, like like level. You almost expect drug addiction and all that stuff. But like when you ride through a town like Levittown, mm-hmm. and this is everywhere. It's not just Levittown. Like I've heard people from all over every film festival that we've been at. Um, you know, we screened in South Africa and they said it's, it's the same thing there. Um, you know, and, and all over the United States, um, like suburban drug addiction is literally taking over. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a cousin who's a lawyer in, in New York city and he was doing a little research and he came up with, um, you know, he, he read a statistic online that, um, this epidemic of like pills and drug addiction and people going into jail and coming out and getting right back into the same thing is the worst. It claims the most lives um, since the AIDS epidemic, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you and I are too young to have remembered that, but right. I've, I've heard from people who grew up around it yeah. that it was, like, ridiculous. And this has has since doubled the AIDS epidemic in the it's amount so of lives It's so crazy that you taken. say that, too, because I've seen a headline where it said this was, like, the new epidemic, which is scary because... If that's the case, then you know we're in troubled times, and we've seen, I mean, I know I have a few people since we've graduated pass away from our class, whether it's our high school, yeah. and it's just scary to me because that just brings it into even more reality of how crazy things are going in the world, because I've seen a couple RIP posts on Facebook or any social media where you know that the guy was a good guy, but you just never knew that he or she was doing drugs. And it, it's scary to know that someone that you grew up with is passing away because of drugs in the area. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, two examples of that, it, because it, it's not like, you know, like, like there's a lot of people that have this certain 
mindset that it happens to <clears throat> people, you know, who have a sickness. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that way. I think it happens to people because they fall into it. Right. You know, I, I don't think that it's a sickness. I really think that it's a choice. And, you know, yeah, of course it becomes like addiction is horrible and it becomes overwhelming and unbearable. Uh -huh. um, you know, one of my friends was an athlete and um, he got injured and he started taking painkillers. And then the next thing you knew and, you know, this is something that we would have never expected from this type of person. Right. But like when I heard like you get weak at the knees, like that Definitely. person would have never done that. That person would have never done that. And it makes you really take a step back and think you have to be in control of everything because mm -hmm. it can happen to you that easily. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something that that this film, you know, kind of pushes in your face when you watch it is that it happens to everybody. Yeah, because it, if you watch the film, you could definitely tell that the guy was really trying his hardest, but so many things were spiraling out of his control that it was kind of hard for him to maintain. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely one of the things I got from the film. Um, but getting back to the film, how long did it actually take you to shoot it? Because, I mean, I've never talked with a filmmaker before. So I, I know that movies in Hollywood take, I would say, sometimes years, sometimes months. But yeah. how long did it actually take you to shoot it? So it took us, for the 24-minute movie, it took us... Um, a total of about like seven days to make it. Wow. Uh, I wanted to do. I'm I'm a very like um, like quick worker when it comes to making movies, and I get stuff done very fast. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy that I hired because I acted in the film. I, I'm the lead actor in the film, as right. you know. Um, but the guy that I hired to direct it, who his name is Viraj Nayar, and he's an Indian director. He's from India. Um, he went to Temple with me, but I hired him to direct it, and. Um, he kind of has a more laid back approach, you know, so we sort of met in the middle. He wanted to do 10 days. I wanted to do four days and we wound up shooting it in seven. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I think that was a perfect amount of time. I wouldn't have wanted to do it, you know, anymore. Like, like looking back on it, I, I definitely see where he was coming from. Right. Um, so yeah, se seven days. It took us, uh, probably about another two months to edit it together. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then color correction takes another, you know, month. And yeah, when it was all said and done, um, the first festival we got into was, I think it was July, I want to yeah. say, it was the Arizona one. So, okay, uh, how did you go about actually finding the actors for the film? Because there was a lot of great characters in that film. Yeah, uh, definitely <clears throat> the the lady that played your mother. Uh, so how did you go about finding? An, people like her and uh, the friends in the movie as well. Yeah, she plays the grandmother. Um, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. That's okay. But yeah, so I held auditions at uh, Wickline Studios in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, and we found one actor from there. Um, we did it for one day. I also held online auditions. Um, Backstage.com is like a, a casting website that you go to and there's thousands of actors on there. Um, okay. But the guy that is a very memorable character, they're all very memorable, but um, the guy who plays Mark, his name's Sam Finn, and um, he's a New York City actor. I found him online okay. um, and he was you know, phenomenal. But yeah, uh, Patsy Meck is, is the woman you're referring to. She's in a lot of stuff. She's a bigger actress. I'm really excited that we got her on board. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, the Temple University auditions um, for the senior project students. 
And I had a friend who was in that class, and Patsy went in and auditioned. And she wrote to me uh, on Facebook, and she was like, hey, there's um, a woman who auditioned for us, and I think she'd be perfect. I saw your post of what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I got her phone number from her, and I called her up, and, you know... She was like skeptical at first because she had no idea who I was. Right, She's right. like, well, how did you find me? And I'm like, well, I'm not a student, but my friend and blah, blah, blah. And it was right. just like, but she wound up, uh, you know, meeting up and having coffee with me. And, you know, she she loved the character and she really wanted to do it. So, yeah, it was it was definitely a great performance by her. Yeah, obviously, again, with everybody else as well. But her and I would say you were definitely the, the two main characters that really just stuck out because you could tell from the grandmother's role how much was going on of trying to help but at the same time still be disciplinary to kind of make your character get his life in order even though you already trying your hardest and yeah it, it was just it again it's just so much going on in the film but it all grabs you at one time so yeah. that's what I thought was one of the best things about the film as well um do you always take on the double duty of being an actor and a filmmaker, or is this the first film? This is the first film that I took it seriously. Um, that's why I had to hire Virage because you know there was so much. Like like when you're acting, there's so much that you have to you know consider, and you have to get into a specific mindset. Um, and I knew that I, there there are people that do it, and if I was a millionaire, you know, and didn't have to worry about uh, you know real life stuff, I probably would have directed and acted in it. Um, but you know, we just didn't have enough time, and so I, I really wanted to focus on the character because I wanted to get it across. Um, so yeah, this is the first time that I did it. I'm actually shooting a scene uh, in November for the film that I just finished writing. It's a western, um, and I'm this will be the first time that I direct and act in it so i'm playing the lead and i'm also directing it it's only one scene um but you we're going to use that to try to find funding for the the feature length so okay well the film has definitely been well received as you stated and as i i stated um what accolades have you been receiving so far because i know when we went to newtown you received uh the best film in that festival correct yeah, yeah, that festival, um, we won Best of the Fest. Uh, I, for my character, I won Best Actor, and then Patsy Mech won uh, Best Actress in mm-hmm. all in that festival. Um, we haven't won anything other than that, except um, there's a film festival in Germany that gave us an honorary mention award. Um, there, you know, other than that, it's all just acceptances. Um, and, you know, that's an award in itself, getting yeah, into fes- festivals. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so far we've been, let me actually pull it up on my computer here. I can, sometimes the recognition is definitely more, more rewarding than the actual award itself. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I knew this film going into this, this film, I knew that it was going to be very, it was going to be received in a specific way. Um, I wasn't really, you know, of course you always dream of winning awards and I'm so happy that, um, you know Regina from La Regina Film. She's the one that does the Diamond in the Rough Cut Festival that right. we won at. Um, I was so grateful to, you know, have won there. But I, I almost wasn't expecting it because it's such a controversial um, film, and the and the things that we touch on are, are right. so controversial. But um, yeah, no, the the recognition is is great. Um, but yeah, I have the list here. I have uh, the Arizona Film Festival was the first one. Well, no, the the Regina. Um, from Diamond in the Rough Cut was the first one in Bristol, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Then there was Arizona, 
Action on Film uh, International is an, a Los Angeles film festival. Um, International Film Awards Berlin is the honorary mention. The Josie Film Festival is in South Africa. Laughlin is one uh, this weekend coming up, actually. Uh, it's in Nevada, Pittsburgh, Independent, Soho in New York City, and then uh, the Bellin Film Festival. This I'm actually really excited. We're going next weekend um, to Waverly, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, it's screening there. And it's the first year that they're that they're having it, and everyone's like oh, really okay. excited in that town. So the fact that I get to show it there is really cool. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, where does the motivation? come from for you to continue to write scripts because as we were talking off off air with being a, a person that still has a job how do you balance the two to actually still get done your movie scripts yeah I mean you know when I consider like real life work and making money and getting a paycheck I always put that second to making movies mm-hmm. um, it's so easy to just fall into the trap of like doing well for yourself oh, yeah, and getting definitely. a good paycheck because then it's like people get comfortable very yeah easily. yeah like i knew a guy who um you know he he was a filmmaker and he he just doesn't do it anymore because he's making like six figures and it's you know you can't blame him because right. it's he's doing so well for himself but at the same time like you know it, it's his choice that he makes i'm i'm choosing to not ever put that over filmmaking and that's where my motivation comes from when i get into like writing a script or into like the mind of a a specific character that i'm playing like it just stimulates me so much more than than you know money does right you know what i mean so and i can definitely say too uh i didn't tell you this but just being able to have this talk with you motivated me because I see you doing great things, and obviously for anybody that listened to this podcast previously, they know I I try to reach out to people that I see doing great things from our area, and it's been rough for me because I picked up a second job because, again, people get comfortable with the money, so Mm -hmm. when I get into a mode where I just want to get things done, I want to start grinding out money and money, money, I kind of lose focus of what I actually want to do, which is, you know, connect with people, and when you actually reached out to me and asked if we were still on, it was perfect timing because to me it was saying, all right, you already had this set up. Don't ever forget that this is what you want to do just because you have other things going on. If you have time to make this work, make it work. That's and awesome. Once you told me you were still on, I'm like, okay, this is this is perfect. So Good, man. now mm-hmm. it's time for me to get back into getting these interviews pushed out because I want to have people still listen to these and feel inspired by just different stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that I had that effect on you. Um, there's a really motivational, um, video that of Will Smith on YouTube. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen it before. I feel like I have, it but is, I, I can't remember. It is unbelievable. I love that man. He he really has taught me how to um, kind of step back mm-hmm. and view your life in a in a way that, you know, is going to benefit you the most. Um, but yeah, and you know, I, I woke up this morning, I couldn't fall back to sleep. I woke up at like five thirty and uh, I thought of something that he said. He said, when the other guy is sleeping, I'm working. When the right. other guy's eating, I'm working. And that's, I, I started writing and I wrote all the way up until you got here. So you should, you should definitely look into that video. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like I've seen it, but I want to rewatch it because I know he's such a great motivational speaker when I've seen certain interviews from him as well. It definitely just uplifts you and makes you want to 
be great at whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, will you ever, after this film, and I mean, I know you already answered this kind of with saying that the next film is going to be more of a Western vibe, but will you ever dive into different types of films such as comedies and thrillers as well? Because as you were mentioning how the thriller that you watched last night kind of brought you to a place where you, you appreciated the film more. Will you ever get into that kind of genre as far as thrillers and comedy? Because again, I always tell you, you have a great sense of humor as well. And (laughs) I haven't seen a display yet on film. So is that something that you eventually will plan on doing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of tossing around the idea of a few movies right now. Um, you know, I always want to, like I said before, I want to gear my, my films towards a a broad audience. I Mm -hmm. want everyone to be able to like it, uh, because that's the way you, you make it in this business. But, um, there's uh, a movie that I'm considering writing right now that I can actually make uh, in the in Philadelphia, and it's about it's a, a thriller. It's about a girl who uh, meets a guy. She, you know, she's fallen on on harder times for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, but she meets a guy at a party, and uh, he's kind of the life of the party. But she finds out later that uh, you know, upon like seeing him throughout the movie, that mm-hmm. no one at the party actually knew who he was. Oh wow! Not even her, and so it kind of oh, wow. it kind of turns a little scary. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, so just that's... from that, just from that, I'm already <laughs> expected to see that. I'm just ready for that. <laughs> that sounds like a good plot. That's actually a dream that my girlfriend had, and she's like, "You got to make a movie out of this." So oh, wow, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about doing that for my next one. But that would be, you know, along the horror thriller. But again, like I said earlier, the realistic type thriller. Right. Um, and as far as comedy is concerned, yeah, I I would love to. It's it's a it's a whole different beast. It's something that I've never really. Um, studied and researched Uh and you know i i would love to at some point but i would have to do that when you know filmmaking is my full-time job right now because i would have to take the time you know a few weeks to to research and really master it before i'm able to start writing a script because it's you know just because i can come off as a funny person right um you know writing a funny movie is so much harder you know than than just being funny right yeah so what's your actual um, process when it comes to from when it starts from making the film or writing the script for the film all the way up to presenting the film like do you how long does it take you to write the script all the way up to well you already you already added I mean you already answered as far as how long it took you for a way of life but yeah. is it always around that time period for developing the film yeah I mean like I've, I've learned so much in the short amount of time that I've been making films, like, you know, I've been making films for eight years and I say that short, it sounds long, but there's people who have been doing it for 50, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? 60 years. Um, In that eight years, I've learned so much and it's a lot of the production of it has gotten a lot quicker. The script that I just finished um, took me so long because um, I like, I have a contact in Los Angeles that's going to introduce me to an agent and a manager Mm -hmm. Um, and I really like it took so long because I wanted to perfect it. You know right. what I mean? Um, and it's getting to the point where it's like, all right, enough's enough. You have to stop doing this because it can only get so good. And I right. really feel like the story is great. Um, but this this script has took me a year to write, uh-huh. um, which is not normally the way it works. Like a way of life, even though it's a lot shorter than this script, a way of life took me uh, probably, you know, a month and a half, two months to write, whereas right. this one took a, a lot longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, from start to finish, when you start writing a script, that takes, you know, typically like Hollywood movies, that'll take, um, you know, probably around like six months. And then it takes, uh, 
you know, another six months ish to shoot it, right. and then a year later they release the film. So that's that's kind of what I like to stick to. I love making uh, a movie a year. So sounds sounds about right. Mm-hmm. What can people expect from you next, moving forward from A Way of Life? And I know this this Western movie is going to eventually come out, but um, what's the next step for you? I would say. The next step for me is um, definitely this Western. I mean, I, I wrote a short for it when I was young, or when I was in college still. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, morphed into this feature-length story that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely what I'm focused on right now. I'm, I'm going to do my best to get a budget for it. If I can't get a budget for it, I'm going to try to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely moving forward, probably that thriller would be would be next for me. And I have a, a bunch of different ideas that are brewing in my head. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now for sure. Where can people find you and your work at? Because uh, again, I, I definitely would recommend anybody that's listening to this to, to watch A Way of Life to grasp exactly the same thing that grasped me uh, with this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I have, I have uh, the the film that I was talking about, the Nazi one. I actually posted it online on my Facebook wall, um, you know, yesterday. So if you right, want to well, watch, I'm gonna share that on yeah. the, one of the guys. Uh, Facebook page for sure yeah but yeah I mean Facebook is kind of where I generate most of the of the buzz of my filmmaking career um I don't use Twitter I don't use like Instagram and all that stuff and Snapchat and whatever um but yeah you can definitely go online uh, a way of life short film is the Facebook page um search my name and friend request me I, I update stuff all the time so you'll kind of you know you'll be able to see where a way of life is screening and I will right. you know be updating you know other films that I'm making as well Okay, so... And that's Christopher Romano. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Romano. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, I see myself in the same area. I don't, I don't buy into the fact that you have to move to Los Angeles to become successful in this business. I think I can do it from right here. Um, you know, obviously, if I had to go out there, I would, but I would always consider this home. Mm-hmm. Um, five years from now, I... I, I don't want to be working a full-time job anymore. I want to be making movies, and that's it. So that's where I, I see myself. I always, you know, visualize what I what I want, and I go for it. So. Well, for anybody that's listening to this, uh, I just want you guys to know that after this thriller, one of the guys' films starring Christopher Romano and Trevor Taylor is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I definitely did watch when I was watching the film I was just saying to myself man this just brings me back because a couple years ago uh this is a funny story I have to share with you since you're a filmmaker yeah so a funny story is a couple years ago uh Michael Blackson the comedian was doing like interview I mean auditions for one of his movies that he was making a spoof for uh Scarface Mm -hmm. and it was called Coney Montana because back then I don't know if anybody remembers but that's when everything was going on with uh, the guy from Africa, Joseph Coney, I think he was like a, a tyrant and he wanted to make a spoof of that. So I went to Philadelphia and I'm trying to think of the name of the comedy club where he had the auditions at, but it was a picture of all the Philadelphia comedians even had Kevin Hart in there. And I killed it. Surprisingly, I didn't expect to because I was just going in there trying to be funny. I got a message saying that I got the role, but unfortunately that didn't work out. And 
my comedy and film career was over before it started. <laughs> so, so the next step is to work on my acting chops and be ready for this film with Chris. I'll uh, keep you in mind coming up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I definitely appreciate even uh, you taking the time out to have this interview with me because I, as soon as I saw that everything was going all right for you and stuff like that, it definitely made me realize that I haven't talked to you in a while and I definitely wanted to catch up with you because yeah. again, uh, the last time I saw you, which unfortunately is sad to say, but was when I, I knew you played football. Yeah. So once I saw you were making films, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I need to talk <laughs> to this guy because I, I didn't, I never met a filmmaker that I was so right next to, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate you taking the time out um, to, to sit and talk with me because Likewise. this is definitely something that I'm pretty sure people <clears throat> will enjoy listening to and I know I'll even enjoy listening to it back. Uh, so, I mean, again, I, I, I appreciate it and we look forward to seeing more from you and I can't wait to see the more more of your work in the in the world because the way of li- a way of life was definitely something that I can see being displayed in a movie theater mm-hmm. uh, and I know that it's only going to get better from here for you cool I appreciate it man so for anybody that's listening definitely go to A Way of Life what was it A Way of Life short film A Way of Life short film dot com um, check out that movie and add Chris because again he's going to be somebody in five <laughs> years we're going to probably do another interview hopefully it'll be on like a radio show <laughs> and Chris will be the, the A-list producer and filmmaker and possibly actor in the world and then from here we can let everybody hear this interview first and right exactly (laughs) so thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode and we'll talk to you guys next week as always it's Triz and this has been one of the guys podcasts